media. As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. What's up, you hell? How's it going? Hey, I'm good. High, high energy. Oh, uh, that's how I like to start out every show, you know. Plus, I've got a well-caffeinated beverage here to, to help with that. Uh, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Obscurity Now, where myself and my co-host, Yael, here take a look at uh, forgotten or soon-to-be-forgotten media, as well as uh, more, <laughs> more present... Uh, Poetic. <laughs> exactly. More uh, present uh, pieces of media that are soon to be obscure because we're all just dust in the wind, baby. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's a, that's a good way Carl, to start Carl off. Sagan couldn't have said it better himself. That's not a Carl Sagan reference, actually. Because uh, we're all stardust. It's uh, Kansas, actually. <laughs> The yeah, they, they, they get confused a lot with a famous uh, astronomer slash philosopher slash science fiction author, yeah, Carl so, Sagan. So Carl Sagan in Kansas, one and the same. Well, we'll have to do a, a very similar people. We'll have to do a show about them someday, maybe, but uh, probably not. Uh, but, probably not. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, if you're new to uh, our show, uh, thank you so much for showing up. We are going to take a look at... Uh, 90s superhero team cartoon shows. It's X-Men yes. versus Wildcats versus Ultra Force. Uh, but first, we're going to take a look at some what we like to call hot topics. Mm. Hot topics. Not cold, not warm, but hot, 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 hot topics. Yep, this is a segment where we basically look at, uh, you know, just... What's going on in the world of media uh, right now? And I just need to get rid of this and bam, uh, there we go. Got our nice Hot Topics logo going on. And uh, so, man, there was uh, actually quite a few Hot Topics for once. Uh, most of it mm -hmm. involves like <laughs> the release of cinematic trash or... <laughs> <laughs> cinematic trash probably going to be cinematic trash uh, i mean only time will tell uh i mean i, I don't know uh, first up the first images of kevin smith's masters of the universe uh netflix show has been mm -hmm. released and i have yeah. a few of those here somewhere um just give me a moment to find them bam there we go there's a uh very, it's almost a synth wave looking Skeletor with that purple around yeah. him. Uh, but I guess uh, since, you know, He-Man is from the 80s, I'm sure they'll probably lean on that a little bit. However, I, sure. I doubt that there will be a, a synth wave soundtrack. Although, couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. And who knows? Maybe maybe in the, the new show's theme intro, like Skeletor run, drives a car into a neon sunset. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then uh, He-Man plays the guitar. Uh, yes. Speaking of He-Man, there he is uh, looking as jacked as ever. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, at least they didn't like cut down on that. Although there's been a lot of talk about what the actual uh, plot is going to be in regards to, to He-Man. And my question to you, Yehel, is... Are you a He-Man man, man <laughs> Masters of the Universe uh, guy, 
by the way? I am a He-Man man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I loved He-Man as a kid. I had in Puerto Rico the uh, the giant gray skull. I guess it wasn't giant, but you know when you're a little kid, it seems like sure. it's giant or whatever. But I had the big gray skull set that opens up, and there's like a trap door in it. And yeah, I was a huge He-Man fan. Um, I, I like the... 80s Masters of the Universe movie. Uh, I think it's like dumb fun. Mm-hmm. You got Dolph Lundgren. You got Tom Paris from Voyage, Star Trek Voyager in it. <laughs> we only yeah, went. Think, how long did we go the, before a Star Trek reference was made? <laughs> Less than five minutes and I got a Star Trek reference in. No, but yeah, yeah, I like it. And honestly, I think from the images, I, I, I didn't read any of the articles. Mm-hmm. I just looked at the pictures, baby. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know anything about the show other than the pictures, and I think it looks pretty decent. You know, um, you expect it to have like a more modern take, right? I mean, you can't like exactly like make it look like the '80s and have kids nowadays be into it, um, or the thirty-plus-year-old so, audience that they're trying to, you know, appeal to. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Right. I doubt, you know, some six or eight-year-old is really going to be interested in this that they might but uh they're i I think so Uh, i mean big muscles a guy with a skull for a head i mean (laughs) i mean how how could you not be with that kind of pitch these these are timeless (laughs) right well i think um people are just i mean and i agree with you it it looks amazing i think people Mm -hmm. are just afraid that uh they might you know throw a bit of the old trickle in a bit of the old wokeness um and, you know, I think I think I think that's really, I, you know, it's one of those things where if people are looking for things that they perceive as being woke or anything else and whatever, they're going to find it, you know, true, like, true, true. Um, but I mean, I like I just uh, I mean, this doesn't have anything to do with that particular, you know, the wokeness. But remember that um, Transformers CGI one that they put out, uh, I think it was last year. Um it's called like something of Cybertron. Did you happen to catch that one? I didn't. I didn't watch it, but I, I remember it existed. Well, it looked cool, but oh man, was it boring! So boring. Uh, I mean, I just hope. I mean, I, I just hope He Man doesn't go down that path. But you know, it's the same studio that did uh, the Castlevania um, anime. <laughs> I really hate mm-hmm. how Netflix calls all their adult animation anime. I mean, anime, it's not anime yeah. unless it comes from Japan. I'm sorry. There's there's violence, so Netflix is like, oh, this, this is anime. Right, right. Gosh, like, come on, boomer, wake up. Am I right? Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I will definitely at least watch the first episode and give it a shot. Yep, I'll, I'll give it a shot too. Um, I am honestly more concerned that Kevin Smith is involved more than anything. I I'm so glad you brought not, that up. I'm not a huge Kevin Smith fan, um, at least modern day Kevin Smith. Even some of his older stuff, I think, is like pretty hit or miss. I think if you go back and you watch a lot of his classics, they don't, in my opinion, really hold up well. They are of the time. Uh, they're not yes, very timeless. Very and that uh, begs the question, why is Kevin Smith the man to write the new Masters of the Universe cartoon? Dude, I was hoping you knew because <laughs> I... When I was scrolling down through some of the articles looking at the pictures, I was like, why is Kevin Smith here? Mm-hmm. He's not like some, I guess because he had that comic book show on comic AMC. Book Somebody sure. was like, oh, okay, this guy knows about He-Man who had a comic book for a while. <laughs> I- uh, allow me to uh, to answer this question, well, or to um, hypothesize, if you will. I mean, he's a name... And he's a, mm-hmm. a name that's built up a lot of uh, equity. 
I mean, he has written a few comics here and there. Never He-Man that I'm aware of. He wrote yeah. Green Arrow and Daredevil for a while, like back when the characters, when like neither of those books were like those characters or anything, like nobody cared about him. So he was like, hey, I'll I'll give it a go. And I remember trying to read the his Green Arrow run. And I don't know. I don't know if it was the character or his writing or what, but it didn't really do it for me. <laughs> Uh, and this is, of course, well before that show on the CW. This is like back in, I don't know, late 90s, early 2000s or something. But uh, but yeah, basically just a name that's still like, you know, dudes and, and I guess women in their, you know, 30 plus. They know who Kevin Smith is and he's always synonymous with uh, geek culture, even though yeah. people seem to overlook that his last three to four films were abominable like for the most part yeah. um yeah and i think you hit the nail on the head i mean it's really only going to be people in their 30 maybe even like mid 30s mm -hmm. plus that really know and like him i can't remember the last time you know i heard some uh some hip 20 something talking about the the latest <laughs> kevin smith joint uh, <laughs> oh no i was that's uh, what they say right <laughs> joint oh that's a, for some reason he's always uh or he was always synonymous with um marijuana as well back in the 90s but i guess now it's all you know legal in most of the states so i guess he's not really known for that as much yeah. anymore uh dang and i was trying to think of some hip youtuber to say that i heard him talking about kevin smith but i don't watch any of those so i can't think of any uh, names jack jack septic guy has been talking a lot about him yes and, uh, jack septic tank yes i remember him the, uh, well yeah as well as the kid with the toys ryan the seven-year-old uh kid that's got the toy i don't know i, I think that's his name. there's some like kid with like 50 million subscribers or something crazy. Oh, that kid with the face who's on all the kids' toy boxes and stuff? Well, most kids have those Yeah, I, like, I imagine you would probably have those toys if they were around back in the 80s, right next to your Grayskull castle. I'm so jealous. <laughs> all right, that's enough of this one. Um, okay, speaking of, speaking of uh, possible wokeness, I don't know. All right, like... So they released some on-set photos of uh, Snake Eyes, which, no, this isn't the Nick Cage Snake Eyes, which I'm sure everyone was thinking about. This is the Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. He's getting his own origin movie. I don't know why it isn't called, like, Snake Eyes Origins. It's just called Snake Eyes. And, I mean, a lot of the OG Joe fans are pretty angry because, you know, clearly... Uh, Snake Eyes is Asian, and he was always a white guy um, ahead of time, or like back in the day, I should say. Um, I don't know. Are you? Were you a Joe guy, or are you? Were you ever? What do you think? I of watched. This? Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched GI Joe growing up, and I had a bunch of the the toys, the little little. I I can't remember how many inches they were, but you know, the ones with the rubber bands in the middle of the holding the the body together or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, who cares if he's Asian? I mean, I who cares <laughs> i mean i have no problem i i you, you keep using the word woke but i mean like honestly who cares there's been, there's been plenty of movies with all kinds of like white heroes and heroes of other things i don't i my concern is is the script gonna be any good thank you are the performances gonna be any good it's a movie in the gi joe universe so it'll probably be terrible no matter <laughs> who is in it so but, you know, but the script is written by Quentin Tarantino, not. Uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm with you there. Like, 
I don't really care that he's, I mean, you could say that he's, you know, Asian American, which I think that's what they're going for. Um, mm -hmm. I think another thing they're also concerned with is the fact that, you know, uh, Snake Eyes keeps his face covered because his face is all jacked up. And, but I guess since this is an origin film, it'll be, you know, Henry Golding will, you know, fight his way to the last guy. And then, I don't know, he'll get an explosion in the face and then he'll pick up the mask and the music will swell and he'll put it on and everyone will go, woo! It's a thing I remember from a thing that I love because he put on his mask and, <laughs> and then after that, maybe they'll just get some stuntman to play Snake Eyes if they're going to continue moving forward. But yeah, good script would be nice. And also like good martial arts, I think like what every like, you know, G.I. Joe fanboy from the 80s wanted to see in regards of uh, the G.I. Joe ninjas is like, you know, them sword fighting and getting cut and actually like blood coming out. You know, there's not gonna be any of that in this. I mean, sure. It's they're rated PG-13. Yeah, assume, right? yeah, they're gonna they're gonna sword fight and it's all gonna be I mean, I could see like a Mortal Kombat level of like fight choreography without even any fatalities or anything like that. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it'll they'll play it like super safe um, to try to get as many butts and seats as possible. Yeah, and uh, and probably it'll probably leave at least leave you feeling you know flat like we did with Mortal Kombat. Um, I mean, yeah. I want it well, to be you know, good, um, but we'll see. I think you're totally right. The fight, the fights are going to be pretty uh, bloodless. Well, you know, I, I mean, swords are notorious for being, you know, unsharp, as we all know. <laughs> right. Dull, not unsharp. I don't think that's a word, but uh, <laughs> good thing I'm not writing uh, <laughs> Snake Eyes. There'd be a, there'd be a scene all about unsharp uh, blades. Well, but... If you get hired, you have to string me along. I'm just letting you know that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, don't worry. Uh, if I get hired, I won't tell anyone, and I'll ask for it not to be on my IMDb. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, moving onward to more uh, kid trash. <laughs> Venom 2 trailer released. Um, uh, what do you think? I, um, I'm not excited about it. I, You know, I didn't hate the first one as much as i thought i would mm -hmm. but i mean i came into it, it just really expecting to hate it mm -hmm. so my expectations were very low and i watched it on a flight so oh that it, helps yeah so yeah that always helps but um I, I just don't care um i i think woody harrelson is a weird choice uh, uh, i think he's actually a good choice and that's actually the only thing that makes me I don't even say I want to see it, but that's the one thing I find interesting because I, I usually like him and everything that he's in. And Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. Carnage, is like a, you know, redneck with a symbiote, basically. And so, you know, who else do you get to play like a, a redneck rather than... But a, how old is Woody Harrelson? Uh, he's pretty old. Um, I mean, I mean, he's got to be at least in his 50s, if not like getting close to 60s. Yeah, right? well, I guess they're not thinking ahead for a possible, you know, franchise or trilogy. Are, are you or telling something? me the people behind the Venom movie franchise aren't thinking ahead, Steve? <laughs> uh, no, nothing like that. Uh, what a hot take. Yeah. Oh, put that put that out into the Internet, buddy. They have no idea what they're doing. Uh, but no, like, the <laughs> thing I um didn't really like about Venom 1, and it looks like they're continuing with Venom 2 is that 
Venom is just so darn lovable. He's like Cookie mm-hmm. Monster, and he's always so funny. Like there's that scene in Venom yeah. Two when when he's like snatching snacks and stuff when they're in a convenience store or whatever, and it's like, oh, Venom, like you're so. <laughs> it's like Alf. It's like if Alf were a symbiote, <laughs> that's. Uh, that's who Venom is in these movies. And I'm like, that's not the Venom I grew up with. Grin- yeah. Venom is like a scary, I-, I guess they turned him into basically an anti-hero after the right. ma- Maximum Carnage uh, crossover, uh, which I guess this is sort of leaning on, which you still can't have without Spider-Man, but somehow... But in these, Venom, in these Venom movies, I feel like they tr- wanted to make him an anti-hero, and then they completely failed and just made him a bland hero, like about you know halfway through the first movie yeah yeah and it's just like ah it's weird it doesn't really fit the character so i I almost think like they they're like well i guess we have to make him lovable like i don't know man it's just weird it's for the kids like i get it like i like to pretend that there's an alternate dimension where david cronenberg got to direct venom (laughs) uh where it's way more messed up and like a body horror but i know they're not that'd be great yeah yeah that would be awesome um but uh anyway uh i think that wraps up like the hot topics no other news happened in the world uh only that stuff uh so we're gonna move on to our next segment and here it is Killing time. All right, this is basically where we uh, chat about like whatever media we're consuming ourselves. Uh, and I caught the show on Netflix, uh, Jupiter's Legacy, which is actually based on a, a Mark Millar comic. Uh, for some reason, there wasn't a lot of fanfare with its release, uh, so a lot of people aren't talking about it. So I thought that we could. And um, so, yeah. By the way, Venom is still up on the screen. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, that's not what I want. There it is. Jupiter's Legacy. Um, and uh, yeah, so I caught the pilot episode and it's weird. It's like a show that's, um, it looks cheap and expensive all at the same time. <laughs> and um, it is a super super serious and again like i was saying it's based on a mark millar comic like you know a while back he signed a huge deal with netflix and i guess this is the sort of the first uh child of that deal that's a weird way of saying that Uh, yeah Um, very strange (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah so um so i did you happen to watch this as i asked you to no, I didn't watch it. In mm-hmm. fact, I had not even heard of it. And I immediately thought that it had some, something to do with like Jupiter ascending. And I was like, oh, God, did they turn it into like a series oh, or something awful. like that? Yeah. Well, um, this is definitely better yeah. than that. I'll say that. I'll, I'll tell you that. If you're looking for an alternative to like Marvel and DC shows, I could probably recommend it on that level. But it's just weird because like their their costumes are so like comic book accurate and it's just so serious that i sort of found myself chuckling a little bit and questioning i'm like i'm like is this like what's considered high art these days like it just uh like like does this show seem come off like it has a little bit of an identity crisis then almost like no it knows exactly what it wants to be i just feel like i don't know i think we're so 
We're so used to having one or the other. There's the very light Marvel stuff or what used mm -hmm. to be the, the super dark uh, Snyder stuff. So I feel like maybe if the cinematography and the costumes kind of matched the tone of the show, it would be a little less laughable. Um, but uh, and also I think due to their lack of budget, because uh, I read that Netflix like gave them the bare minimum <laughs> of budget that they possibly could to produce this, like the the costumes. I'm like I'm like, are they trying to look cheap on purpose or yeah? So it just mm. comes oh, off yeah. really weird, but it's it's just good enough to make me uh, stick with it. Um, so. As I said, if you're looking for like something different, um, it's super like I mean it's still superheroes, so it's the same as superheroes, but but I mean you've got so much other stuff to choose from, like Invincible and The Boys, which is like so much better <laughs> that uh, maybe watch it after you watch those. Um, do you think you'll check? What a, what, what a not, not not the glowing endorsement uh, that they were hoping for. <laughs> Probably not, but you, based on that review, do you think you'll check it out? No. <laughs> Jupiter's Legacy. Come watch us. Third. <laughs> I mean, someone has to be third, right? Um, like, you know, yeah. you should come l listen slash watch Obscurity Now after Joe Rogan and after, uh, what's another big podcast? I can't think of one at the moment. Well, just watch Joe Rogan twice and then watch us. Like, yeah. One of those murder podcasts. <laughs> A murder true podcast. crime podcast. Yeah, yeah. My uh, favorite murderer. Whatever yeah, it's so called. that's a big one. There you go. Um, uh, did have you been? Uh, I know you said you had a pretty busy week. Have you been uh, dipping your toe into any new uh, media of any kind? Uh, Newish. Uh, just finished up this week. Attack on Titan season four. Uh, suppose it's it's the final season. However. <sighs> they are splitting it into two parts mm -hmm. and i managed to avoid spoilers because the they aired the final episode <clears throat> i think maybe like a month ago maybe a month and a half ago i was waiting for all the dub stuff to get done mm -hmm. and uh anyways uh yeah the final episode um, was not the final episode <laughs> so i was uh, a little mad <laughs> but uh but then i was happy because there were a lot of loose ends to tie up but they switched production companies this season i, I don't think you've been watching attack on titan i have not but uh, you, you should. I, I think you'd really like it. But uh, the, uh, for this season, they switched production companies, so there's a bit of a different look aesthetically, and they made some uh, choices with what elements to do in CG and which mm. to keep animated uh, by hand. But still looks really good. Um, show's really good, uh, and that's what I've been watching. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um... Hmm, this was like a side topic I wanted to like and kind of broach with you. And that is um recently like on the New York Times bestseller list, or maybe it wasn't that, but like the top 10 sellers were all uh manga and there were no like North American comic or western comics on there. Interesting. Yeah, like what uh why do you think that is? If you just had to like take a guess. I know you don't really follow like comic book news and trends and stuff, but uh, what's your uh, guess as a uh, layman? I mean, you know, an anime's exploded the last few years in the U.S., mm -hmm. so I'm sure that there's more people picking up mangas. Um, and, you know, like Attack on Titan had its season uh, delayed because of COVID, and it wasn't the only series like that. So I know a lot of people, you know, 
to kind of keep they, they they what whenever the last season of whatever ended they were like well i want more of it so they went and started picking up the mangas you know right so i'm sure that's a part of it um there's no major like dc or marvel movies out right now and i don't right and i don't think that there's any um big crossover events in the books happening right now either I mean, so i think it's kind of a perfect storm because those crossover events even though they're like super hit or miss mm-hmm. you know they do sell books so that is my uh, guess that's a i'd say that's a pretty pretty accurate guess um i don't know some people say that you know they're still doing trying new things in japan and like you know new titles come out instead of constantly re you know rehashing the old legacy characters like uh you know batman and superman like and uh and like some of the (laughs) like one team we're about to talk about over and over uh but uh (laughs) but who knows only time will tell and uh and speaking of a superhero oh actually i do have uh, one more piece of media that i'd like to talk about and that is i happened across Highlander 2, the renegade version on Amazon Prime. Yell, are you a Highlander man? I I loved the TV series mm-hmm. and I liked a couple of the movies. I liked the one with, with Edge because uh, that movie's not good. <laughs> Edge is Edge is in one of them. Yeah, the yeah, wrestler, like a right? Real small not part. from yes, YouTube. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just clarifying that for the audience. Uh, Bono decapitates Edge. Uh, <laughs> oh, that <in> sounds <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think you must be talking about the fifth one, which um, I didn't watch because of uh, I was told how terrible. Or is it the fourth one? Uh, is um, is Adrian Paul in it or and Christopher I think Lambert? I, f- I feel like there were. Yeah, I feel like it's the one with Adrian Paul. But I, I could be remembering this wrong. I saw it in theaters. Whoa, uh. <laughs> whoa, well, I mean, I saw Highlander four in theaters, but I would like to save our Highlander chat for like an entire episode. Um, but I would specifically like to talk about. Highlander 2, the renegade version, because um, I don't know if you know or not, but Highlander 2 is like considered a, just a dumpster fire of a film. Like, and it's uh, sort of lived in infamy uh, throughout, I guess, the internet and uh, geek culture because like they uh, decided to come up with a reason for why they're immortal. And that reason being is that they are from a, a planet, that they're aliens, basically. So yeah, oh you did. Oh, you've got to watch it. You're you'll love it. I mean, it is. I don't think that they mentioned that on the TV series because I used to watch the TV series a lot. Well, here's why. All right, everyone hated it. Um, Like I guess you know the producers they did a bunch of like coke and you know Highlander Two was born, so everyone hated it. So they came up with the idea to completely you know axe out all the space stuff. And I think they did uh, reshoots, and that got me thinking, oh my goodness, Highlander 2, the renegade version, is the Snyder Cut of the 90s. Tell me I'm wrong. So this is the one with the dumb space stuff, is what you're telling me. No, no, the renegade version is the one without the space stuff. Oh, okay, okay. But the thing is, is that it doesn't really fix anything. Like, (laughs) the movie is still, (laughs) like, so bad that it's hilarious, Um, like... Uh, Michael Ironside plays the main bad guy and he hams it up like even to the level of cartoon like he could fit in one of the shows we're about to talk about 
And um, like, I can't recommend that you watch it. Uh, I might have to check it out. Yeah, that sounds yeah. up my alley. Yeah, yeah. How, I mean, maybe I don't know if you could stomach like both versions like uh, side by side, but uh, maybe give it a day or two across or um, apart from one another. But yeah, like it is. Um, it's awesome. I, I think like maybe we should do maybe we could do a watch party and like record the commentary or something but we'll talk about that uh, offline yeah, sure, sure. and Off. uh that is the end of time killer which leads us to welcome to your feature presentation all right and here we are in the Obscuratron uh, Theater, um, so everyone can get a nice uh, big glimpse of the uh, beautiful artwork of the shows that we're going to um, talk about. And as I said at the beginning, we are going to be comparing and contrasting uh, 90s superhero team uh, cartoon shows. It's uh, X-Men versus Wildcats versus uh, Ultra Force. And uh, before I go through and um, talk about the, the stats or the IMDb credits of, uh, of X-Men, oh, we're also talking about them in order in which they came out because X-Men was released first, a year later was Wildcats, and then exactly a year later, Ultra Force came out at the end. Uh, I would like to know, Yehel, what is your history with the X-Men prior to this show uh, premiering? Um, I was, uh, like a lot of kids in the nineties, just a huge comic book fan. So yeah, I mean, at that point, especially like Jim Lee's run, I think he had like the gold X-Men team. Um, yeah, I, I was a huge, huge into X-Men books, um, and a bunch of other comics, but really X-Men. And, uh, I remember like when this came out, man, like, I don't remember there being any kid that I knew that wasn't into this show. Mm -hmm. Like it was huge. And, you know, a lot of kids were already not just into the comic books, but like the the comic book trading cards that would come out. Um, I mean, it, it was really like a moment in time in the 90s when it came to like comic books. And this was possibly like the most perfect series to release at the time the way it was made. Yeah. Well, I wonder which one you're going to pull for. Uh, no, I um, <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, I was um, I was really into comics. Also, like a comic book store had just opened up in my neighborhood, so I was getting to experience the whole uh, comic, the whole world of uh, of actually having a comic shop uh, with the trading cards and all the other great stuff. And um, yeah, and I was also reading. I'd say I was reading X Men here or there. Like I didn't understand. <laughs> There's a lot that I didn't understand about how comics worked just because like I didn't uh, no one really uh, explained it to me that it's, uh, you know, supposed to be one continuous story. Like I was used to mm -hmm. Archie like before, you know, superhero <laughs> comics where, you know, that's what I read before. Too. Yeah, sure. Sure. Everyone does. Everyone did. There's no reason to be ashamed, although I'll make sure oh, I'm to I'm going to beat myself up after this, though, just for being a big geek. Um, but not really. But um. Uh, yeah, so I would like read one issue and I'm just like, where's the rest? And I'm like, crap, you know, now I'm going to have to go mow some more lawns to get some more cash to like figure right, out, which right. was the whole point, uh, basically. And I think I even had X-Men action figures before the, um, before the show even, uh, came out. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, we were all real excited for the, um, for the premiere of X-Men. And speaking of, 
we are looking at X-Men, The Night of the Sentinels, uh, Part 1, which uh, if you want to watch this before we talk about it, you can go watch it on uh, Disney+. Plus. Um, it premiered October 31st, 1993 on Fox. Uh, do you think you actually like caught the premiere like the day it came? Were you there watching? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I think I was too, but for whatever reason, I think I missed the uh, the next episode. Um, so when I came back, I was like really confused um, about what happened. Because you're you're not a true believer, as Stanley requires. I guess. I mean, or <laughs> I think I might may have been playing soccer at the time, which is a terrible excuse. Uh, for missing anything comic book related. Uh, but anyway, uh, in case you've been living under a rock, the X-Men were created by artist Jack Kirby and the writer Stan Lee. And the synopsis for this episode is, a young teenager has been rejecting her mutant powers ever since she discovered them. But when giant robots track her down, it's up to the X-Men to save her. Um, which I, that pretty much covers it, I'd say. Um, mm -hmm. And the production companies were Genesis Entertainment, uh, Graz Entertainment, and of course... Uh, oh, Graz. Yeah, yeah, good old Graz. And everyone loves the Genesis, <laughs> right? Uh, and of course, uh, Marvel Enterprises. Uh, writing credits, and they had quite the team of writers. Uh, and I think it shows, but more on that later. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark Edward Edens, a story edited by Eric Lueld. Uh, Bob Harris, Harass, I'm sorry, Bob Harass was the story consultant. Um, and uh, it says it was created by Margaret Leosh. Um, and uh, here's the cast, at least of the main X-Men. Uh, George Buza was uh, the Beast. Or no, I'm sorry, it's just Beast. How dare I? Um, Chris Potter um, plays uh, Gambit. And do you remember him from uh, Kung Fu The Legend Continues? Did you ever watch that show? <laughs> yeah. That's just, him. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah, that's who it was. That's him. And then later he was on Silk Stockings. <laughs> no, no, no wonder uh, Gambit's such a smooth ladies' man. Exactly. He because of his kung fu. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Al Allison Court was a Jubilee. I Iona Morris is Storm. Catherine Disher is a Jean Grey. Ron Rubin is Morph. Everyone's favorite, <laughs> Cal Dodd, <laughs> is a Wolverine. No one cares about him. Uh, Cedric Smith is Professor Charles Xavier. Uh, Norm Spencer is uh, Cyclops. Uh, David Fox does the voice of the Sentinels, and Lenora Zan is a Rogue. And um, and there was like a bunch of other extra people here who did like extra voices, yeah. but yeah, I don't think we really care about Tara him. Tara Strong, I think, did some voices at some point. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so that pretty much uh, covers that. Um, so, um, let I would like to know before I give my thoughts what your thoughts are on the very part one of Night of the Sentinels, that is X Men season one, episode one. You know, I, I think making Jubilee one of the central points of it was uh, quite a risk because uh, I don't know. I, I don't ever remember her at that time being particularly I don't remember her being a very popular mm -hmm. character. But uh, like on paper, it makes sense, I guess, because she's the youngest. This is geared towards kids. So we're supposed to identify with her, I guess, and like feeling different and like your parents don't want you or whatever. I don't know. But um, I, I thought it was really good. You know, they, they struck a nice balance of 
they, they talk about a lot of serious stuff like the mutants are you know being um treated you know poorly because of who they are you know there's a lot of allegories to real life social issues um and they do a really good job of balancing that with action um and just like a lot of like really nice wor- world building i think for like a first episode it's it's great oh yeah that uh is the thing that i think separates this uh show from the other two is that yeah it's surprisingly like good writing especially when mm-hmm. the dialogue it, with the dialogue that's concerned uh mm-hmm. and also in the characterization because like when you introduce a new character, they're supposed to be like doing something that represents their character. Hence, you get uh, Gambit buying cards and hitting on a woman at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've uh, when she gets when they get to the X Mansion, uh, Beast is in there doing sciency stuff, um, and also at the. <laughs> but then, of course, you know you get Storm and Rogue shopping, but then they're shopping. but then they're immediately shown to be strong, capable women uh, when the Sentinels um, attack. And one thing that I thought was funny about that scene is that, and it's funny because they also do this in Wildcats, is like Storm somehow uses her mutant abilities to change her into her uniform, and uh, for some reason Rogue doesn't like, and uh, and then later on in Wildcats like. When, spoiler alert, when Warblade changes into Warblade, the same thing happens. It's like underneath his skin was the Warblade right. costume. It's like, it's so yeah. weird. But I don't know. I guess they you could pass that off as a trope at, of the time or something like that. Um, there was some other sort of uh, fun... I mean, I think... Yeah, like you... I mean, I didn't... Jubilee seemed like this... This was uh, mostly based off, I'd say, the of uh, yeah, Jim Lee's. I you said gold, but I think it might be blue. And like Jubilee was there, so when she showed up in the cartoon, it, to me it made sense. Um, I mean, who would you, as far as the X Men go, who would you rather have? Like maybe Iceman or something. Like as the central, I, I'm just surprised they didn't go with like somebody like Wolverine as like the main focus for the first episode because you know and, and these kind of things and, and you know kudos to them for not going like hey let's take you know the most popular character mm-hmm. you know and make them the focus um because I, I wolverine like even though they do episodes like that focus on him throughout the series mm-hmm. you're also kind of limited because of it being a cartoon geared towards kids you can't dive into some of the more more serious stuff with him so I guess they probably saw that they had a lot more room with a kid's cartoon to make her like the jumping off point. Yeah, she's relatable for kids. Like, of course, like, you know, all of us, you know, young (laughs) preteen boys want to be a Wolverine or a Gambit. (laughs) Right. I saw you making that face. Nobody wanted to be Cyclops. (laughs) I noticed you didn't say Cyclops. No, I don't. But I don't know. As I get older, (laughs) in some ways, I can kind of uh, kind of relate to Cyclops. But uh He's uh, he's definitely not my favorite, that's for sure. But yeah, uh, as far as uh, some of the uh, other dialogue that I enjoyed, um, again, I mean, I'm a big Gambit fan, so I'm going to be talking about him a lot. Like when Jubilee is like, how did you do that? And he was like, with style, petite. Like, yeah. I'm like, God, that's so good. Like, and, the, and, and this is what separates it from the other shows is like, 
that's just sort of like witty. It's not overly comedic and it's not like talking down to anyone. Um, so, right. and it just felt like just watching that as an adult um, here in 2021, I'm like, that's timeless. That's the way all like superhero movies, shows and comics like should right. be written. Cause, Cause they're showing you who he is rather than telling you. Exactly. And that is a problem that runs rampant with the other shows. Um, Let's see, I think a few more notes here. Uh, I thought it was funny when there was a scene when Jubilee, she's like walking down the street at night and like the Sentinel steps out from behind a um, like a, <laughs> <laughs> a building like he couldn't see him. Uh, yeah, he's just, uh, just doing like a cartoon, like the thing against the wall. <laughs> sure, sure. And that's the thing that I think um, really sets uh, the X-Men cartoon apart from the others i should probably save this for the end but um uh you know it like the way it tells its story is very um i don't know i guess like cinematic and they were they were smart mm -hmm. to do two episodes that way they can slowly unpack all the exposition and um and you know the information that you need over two episodes. It's not just yeah. them standing around talking about who they are and what they're gonna do. Some of the other shows that we're gonna talk about, it feels like they're like in a rush to be like, okay, the audience needs to know this. So we're gonna info dump it real quick. Exactly. And uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so let me see if there's anything else here uh, before we move on. Um, I'll just ask you right now while I'm looking, um, who is your favorite character and your least favorite character of this episode? Oh, of this episode. I mean, probably Gambit. He's just like fun. I, I don't know if he was my favorite as a kid, mm -hmm. but uh, from this episode or whatever, um, <laughs> I thought Wolverine came off like a little weird and annoying. Oh, like, he was very but, emo for sure. <laughs> Yeah, like as an adult, I'm like, like they were, that they were really, loser. yeah, they wanted to show you that so bad that he was a lone wolf. Like it was really yeah. funny because he's like, I'm gonna find this guy the way I know how, and then leaves, and then they meet up later on in the episode. Right, like, right. Hey, right. Wolverine, <laughs> like you should have just come along with us. Like why pitch a big fit? Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know my um. Like, me and Wolverine, sometimes I'm like, yeah, that guy's awesome. But, and then other times I'm like, God, everyone likes him. I don't get it. Like, he's such a jerk. Um, but I think he's one of those characters that's like, if you get a really good writer, mm -hmm. he can be amazing. Uh, but, you know, he's a character that you have to, like, kind of tread lightly with with how you write him. Sure. Because he, he can easily become a caricature of himself. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I think... The cool thing about Gambit and Wolverine both is that they used to, their origins were both very mysterious for a while. And then, of course, they, mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say they ruined Wolverine with his with his origin, but it's just like now you can't like make up whatever origin you want for him. Like it is what it is. But, uh, you know, that's a great character archetype is just, you know, the mysterious rogue or anti-hero um, who's uh you know, you're not exactly completely sure if you can trust him or not. Um, and yeah. those are the characters that I enjoy. Um, I liked also at the beginning when Wolf or when Jubilee destroyed the VCR, <laughs> the VCR, <laughs> just because it's a VCR. Um, yeah. And uh, like that's I like that that's like, uh, you know, they don't implicitly say that that's what triggered her her dad to call the uh, mutant registration or whatever. 
uh, line, but <laughs> it was definitely a factor. He, and her, her, the mom is like, are you sure that he, she's a mutant? And he's like, do you see what she fucking did to the VCR? <laughs> like, I can't watch the Highlander Renegade. Yes. <laughs> you beat me to it. You beat me to it. It's like, I was going to watch Predator 2, which you destroyed the VCR. Those things are like $500 in 1993. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's uh, back to Wolverine. Yeah. As you said, it is a... He's a bit problematic for a kid's show. Like, they go out of their way for him not to use his claws on, like, bad guys. And it's so obvious. It reminded me of when they tried to make... When they made the RoboCop uh, TV show. They went out of their way to make sure he didn't shoot anyone straight. Like, he always had to, like... (laughs) But anyway, we'll talk about RoboCop another time. Uh, So, who was your um, least favorite character? Um... You know, I, I didn't really have anybody I, like dislike just say morph (laughs) (laughs) but if i had to pick one i mean i guess it would be morph Mm -hmm. uh but i mean he i he grew like i i probably disliked him the most in the first episode versus later on Mm -hmm. i think he gets more tolerable later does he because he came off like jar jar banks in that first episode (laughs) but uh but as a fan of the comics like when when he showed up i'm just like who the F is this guy? Like, he's not right, from the right. comics. And, you know, I still have that sort of attitude today when people, like, change stuff, like, that wasn't in the yeah. comics. But, uh, but, you know, to their credit, introducing him in the show, uh, spoiler alert for anybody who has never seen this show and wants to watch it, you know, they end up killing him. Yes, yes, they uh, do. In the series, which you never saw that, like, on a kid's show. Well, I wish uh, you would have stuck with with Ultra Force, because it happens in the second episode there, too. Um, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, my favorite character, yes, is uh, is Gambit, if I haven't said that yet. My least favorite um, is Morph, um, for sure. Uh, and it was great that they ended it on a cliffhanger, because it definitely made me, even now, as a... Uh, as an adult, made me want to watch the next episode. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, uh, anything else to? I mean, we're gonna do the, uh, you know, some, yeah, we're gonna come back around to like the music exactly and, at like, the some, end. Some yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. All right. So moving on to Jim Lee's Wildcats, uh, which uh, cats is an acronym for Covert Action Teams. Uh, again, Yehel, uh, what was your history? Uh, ironically. Created by Jim Lee, which is the guy who many people say um, made, you know, the X-Men, his reimagining of them as popular mm-hmm. as they are. Um, what was your history with Wildcats prior to the show coming out? I bought every issue of Wildcats uh, when it first came out. With it. I, I bought every image comic book for like the first few years when it came out. Didn't matter who made it. Didn't matter how poorly drawn <laughs> Rob's comics were. Uh <laughs> How because because his writing was so bad it would t- it would distract you from the poor artwork, but yes. <laughs> he's he's like not that that bad. Right, but right. he when he's bad it's pretty bad. Sure. But um yeah I was into like Cyberforce, Wildcats, uh, Wetworks, mm-hmm. uh, like like uh, the, uh I almost said the Pit Max, um, Shadowhawk. Like I was into all those well, things. Well, Pit was a character too though. Oh, I thought Pitt was Pit was Marvel for some reason. No, no, Pitt. I mean, he basically was the Hulk, just with claws and no nose. But yeah, the Pitt was a Pitt was a guy. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought that was Max. Or something. They're, okay, they're anyway. two different guys. They're both Image Comics, gotcha. though. So yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. 
go when I started the episode of Wildcats, I was like, wow, I don't remember anything about this comic book. Mm. I remembered like Grifter's name uh, and Maul because he's got the M on his forehead. <laughs> yeah, very good. But dude, like I couldn't remember anything mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. uh, going into it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so <laughs> great. Um, so that tells you a lot about the comic book. All right. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, so it's it, it's not bad. It wasn't bad. Like I remember, I enjoyed the book, but I don't think it's. I mean, it is anything. It's typical of, of image where um, the art is amazing and the story was, but uh, but we mm-hmm. we'll talk about it in a bit here. Okay. So IMDb facts. Like here we go. Okay. Wild Crass, Kratz, Wildcats, Wild which is an acronym for Covert Action Teams, created by Jim Lee and Brandon Choi. And if you would like to watch Wildcats before listening to us uh, spoil it for you, it is on Tubi right now. And did you watch it on Amazon Prime? Or Yeah, I didn't know that this was... I tried like looking up like places to stream this for free, and I couldn't... I didn't know. I didn't check Tubi. Even though now I think you told me yeah. it was on Tubi. Okay, there, there. Then you've learned your <laughs> lesson. Um, all right, so the title of this episode is Dark Blade Falling. It aired October 1st, 1994. Exactly one year. No, maybe not exactly one year, but almost entirely one year from uh, from X-Men. And it was produced by Nelvana and Wildstorm Productions, which, if you don't know what Wildstorm is, that's... Uh, Jim Lee's like studio who made uh, Wildcats and produced a lot of other different comics, which he later sold to DC, um, which is why there are no more Wildcats comics. Um, although they did, but the characters are part of the DC universe. now. Exactly. Exactly. And you'll see uh, something similar like that with Ultra Force when we get there. Um, okay. So this episode was directed by Bob Smith. I'm sure you're familiar with his work. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Bob Smith. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, the writing credits are John Bishman, uh, Brandon Choi from the comic and Jim Lee. I, I, I imagine they sat in the writer's room and Jim Schlut, um, who was the content writer. Um, and for the synopsis, it's, a uh, rookie, Reno Bryce, joins Wildcats. The team agrees to call him Warblade. <laughs> what a shit synopsis. Yeah, that's... um. Also, that's not exactly even what... That's not really what happens with his name either. No, no, not really. Uh, so, here's the, um, the, the greatest hits of people who are doing the voices here. Uh, this... Feels like a mistake, but apparently a woman by the name of Roscoe Hanford does the voice of uh, Zealot. And it's not a real name. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, like IMDb, who knows? Uh, also, I guess I should, I'll describe the characters here in case you're not familiar with uh, Wildcats. Uh, Zealot is basically a, a warrior woman um, from, I guess I should talk about the whole synopsis of the, uh, the Wildcats themselves. And that's basically like there's uh, aliens <laughs> who came down and crossbred with human DNA. And that's why some people have powers. And in order to fight the evil uh, daemonites who are basically like um, they're kind of like xenomorphs, except for they just sort of jump in and get. Our, no, they're like the brood from X-Men. Do you remember the brood? Yeah. 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 Um, they basically jump into human bodies and 
take over them and make them do bad things. Um, so, so there you go. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Zealot is basically sort of like a, a warrior woman archi uh, archetype. Like, she knows how to fight the Carabim style, which is the name of the, um, the alien race that the Wildcats uh, crossbred with the humans. Uh, Void is their living computer, and she was voiced by Janet Lane Green. Uh, Voodoo is, I don't know, how would you describe her? She's kind of like a psychic, basically. A very, yeah. very similar to Psylocke. Um, was voiced by Ruth Marshall. Uh, Marlo is basically the sort of like the Professor X of the um, of the group. Except instead of being handy capable, he's a little person. Um, and uh, and he's rich. He's really, really rich. Um, and like uh, his real superpower. Yeah, exactly. And he's <laughs> like the uh, I don't know the chosen one of the Carabim or like an emperor or something. I, I barely remember. Uh, Dean McDermott voiced uh, Warblade, who was basically the Wolverine of the group, except for his like hands are basically liquid metal, so he can make as many claws as he wants. Uh, Maul is uh, a Hulk style guy. He's he's purple for some reason, and and they even tell you this in the cartoon. The madder he gets, the bigger he gets. And uh, Grifter, who is very similar to Gambit in the way that he's kind of mysterious, um, was voiced by Colin O'Meara, and I just remember he's the only human who was ever trained to fight like a carabin, for whatever that means. Um, and uh, Spartan is their leader, their Cyclops. <laughs> he's voiced by porn star Rod Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't know if the guy's an actual porn star or not, but that's his name. And uh, <laughs> Spartan's thing is that, and again, he blatantly tells you that he is a cyborg. And uh, the villain, uh, Hellspont, is voiced by Maurice Dean uh, Winter. And uh, I don't even know how to describe Hellspont. He looks really cool, and he's just the head of the Daemonites. Um, so, Yahel, yeah. what did you think of Wildcats Episode 1? Uh, what was it called again? <laughs> Dark Blade Falling. Yeah. Um, not bad. I uh, I remember watching the show a little bit here and there as a kid, but not like religiously. Um, I thought, I guess I'll wait to talk about the theme song mm -hmm. because ooh, <laughs> it is, it is. You know, the X Men theme song is very memorable uh, because it's so good, mm -hmm. and the Wildcats theme song is memorable for other reasons. Yep. Oh, I, that's exactly what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> Uh, it's like three other songs mm -hmm. in one. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was actually surprised at how the animation's pretty good quality wise. Mm -hmm. um, pretty close to the same quality as you see in X-Men, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, the dialogue, not so much. <sighs> no, no, definitely not. The, there's a bit there's a few scenes with like info dumps that I was not crazy about. Um, like the scene when Zealot spartan and grifter when we first introduced them they all like go out of their way to say each other's name awkwardly in conversation yeah. and it's just like uh, i know I exactly know. Like, what you're talking about you hell right exactly exactly um so i don't know it, it was there's a lot more like cheesy 90s like action movie dialogue like mm -hmm. b-movie dialogue mm -hmm. in this that i thought was like really off-putting mm -hmm. uh 
uh, like Warblade and Grifter, like they have this like tension throughout it, <laughs> oh. but then it gets resolved like in 30 seconds. At yeah, the end. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was, it was, you know, as an adult, I don't think it holds up well. No. You know, as a kid or whatever, if you're 10, 11 years old in the 90s, I'm sure you would have liked it or whatever. But mm. then again, I remember like not being into this enough to like watch it episode after episode on like X-Men where I couldn't wait Saturday mornings to like see the na- the newest episode. Right. Well, I, I remember uh, being into it pretty hardcore just because like yourself, I was uh, really into, um, into the comics. And also I think there's a little bit of, um, Ooh, let me like, there was a point in time where people used to want to be into like the next new big thing, you know, before like right. they stopped making new stuff. So <laughs> it was kind of like, ooh, there's a new superhero team on the on the block. <laughs> See you later, X-Men. Although I'm sure I still kept watching. It's like time to watch Wildcat. They're extreme. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I remember watching it and probably being like, and sort of maybe lying to myself a little bit and being like, it's just as good as X-Men, uh, but maybe not understanding why it actually wasn't just because of like the writing. Um, I'd like to introduce you to a uh, literary term that you're probably familiar with that uh, gets overused a lot. I think it pretty much got used in all of these um, episodes, and that is soliloquy. And I <laughs> hate it. And uh, yeah. and that is when, in case uh, the listening public here doesn't know, that is when a character basically speaks um, his thoughts so the audience can hear them. And Warblade does it, like, all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, and e- there was even a, a few minor instances where Jubilee does it uh, then, but, like, it was, it was, I'm just like, stop, 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 stop. And, like, it was just a little bit with her, but there was, like, tons of soliloquy with Warblade. He's just like... Yeah, I'm over here doing science stuff. Oh, and they also, they lacked a lot of the um, characterization that uh, X-Men does. Like, you see Reno Bryce doing science stuff at the beginning. But then after that, all of the Wildcats show up in at the same time in uniform. And just then they stand around and explain things, basically. Like, yeah. you know, they could have had, uh, they could have them show. I remember in the comic, they were revealed like a lot better. Um, like one would show up a little bit later than the others. I mean, in the original first issue, you know, voodoo was like the point of, uh, of entry basically for the audience, but you know, uh, grifter had to go to a strip club to recruit her. So you're not going to do that on the, Oh uh, man, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, like, you know, and then later like zealot shows up and saves them, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I read that. Comic. So what you're saying, Steve, is that they should have had a strip club scene, uh, on this kid's <laughs> show. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm saying they should have just had better characterization. Like they could have had like, you know, Reno, they, they should have, um, they could have had uh Warblade running away from the, um, Damonites. And he like mm-hmm. falls down at like uh, or runs past Grifter, who's like, I don't know, like pulling a con on on some guy out on the street or or something like that. And then like later, yeah. he's like, oh, that's the guy I was here to get, and like grabs him. And then they run into the other Wildcats, like, but no, no, no. And and this is uh, the the mistake that they made is that they gave you everything in the first they showed you all their cards up front in the very first episode and there wasn't yep. even like a part two um and i wrote i i'm sorry go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no no go ahead. it was just like 
Um, now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, and you go ahead. I was just going to say, like, to me, if I was going to describe the, the writing on this show, at least the first episode, you, it can be described in one word, impatient. Oh, absolutely. Like, they were just, like you said, they were just like, okay, we got to hurry up and get this out, get this out. And some stuff I understand them explaining, like, when they explain the uh, the the, the war from thousands of years ago mm-hmm. or whatever, and they show, like, that little scene. I, I get that you have to, like, have the character standing around and explain that. But at that point, they had already, like, had those kind of explanations, like, four or five times. Right. So it's like, Jesus, again? You know? <laughs> yeah, they made... um. The big mistake was um, they told and didn't show. Or they tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they told and didn't show. Uh, as you said, the Wildcats looked great. I mean, they looked straight out of the comic. Yeah. Um, but there was very little story to move them forward. And that's like what a lot of those 90s image comics are known for. Although, um, although if you wanted to go back and read Wildcats... If you read like Wildcats uh, Volume Two or Three by Joe Casey, like that guy, he he took a hold of Wildcats and turned them into like something special. I mean, it's not your basic superhero stuff at that point, um, but um, but yeah, I think that is pretty much uh, at least my thoughts for Episode One of um, of Wild. I mean, they even went to their main like the main Wildcats villain. Uh, at the end of the episode and had like a really forgettable like confrontation with him. Yeah, I actually uh, had made a note about that because basically, kind of like you were saying about them showing their cards, they show you in the first episode at the end of it that Maul can basically defeat Hellspawn at any time by himself. <laughs> yeah, that was so He literally bad. just, Hellspawn's supposed to be like the big bad guy mm-hmm. and they talk about him a couple times throughout the show as uh, they imply like, that they've never been able to face. Actually, right after they come back from facing him, the their 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 leader mm-hmm. is like, "Wait, you you faced him and you actually beat him?" Right. You know, like like he he's like shocked. But really, all that Maul did was make he can make himself grow, mm-hmm. made himself grow to like thirty feet, grabbed him, and and like the, the, he was just like in his like like hands like King Kong holding like a human, and like he couldn't do anything. And at the end, like he's even like he puts him back down. He's like, "Oh, uh, word of advice for you when a thirty foot." guy picks you up don't uh listen to him or something oh man like, like all that was missing was him patting him on the head <laughs> yeah maul's catchphrases were like the worst um yeah nobody had anything like nearly as witty to say as the x-men did um i just remember like maul didn't even talk that much in the comics like he was just go, i'm large and in charge like <laughs> like, <laughs> like well which one is it and then later he's like I- yeah i'm like I thought he got. I thought in the comics he got dumber the bigger he got. Yeah, that was part of it too. I mean, I guess they just ran out of space for them to explain everything to us. But they um, just made him because they do say that he gets madder the bigger he gets. Right. But we see him totally in control of himself every time he's big. So yeah. So, again, they're telling us, not showing us. Yeah, that also. Well, it's weird. Like with Spartan, there was a few instances where. You know, there was obvious that it was there was something up with him that, you know, he wasn't human. And then, you know, te- technically when they when a, a like a, a robot or a cyborg like gets revealed, 
like it's like you know terminator style where an explosion like blows off half their face and then in slow-mo they turn to the camera and you're like oh crap that guy was a robot the whole time yeah nah, we don't get nothing like that here because that would cost money uh, i remember there was just like why couldn't the daemonite possess you spartan i think that was voodoo who asked him he's like yeah and he just looks at the he looks at voodoo and just goes probably because i'm a cyborg like <laughs> It's yep. the most anticlimactic <laughs> writing you could possibly come up with. Oh, man. Um, and I think he was even revealed... I remember the way he was revealed in the comic was like... Almost like Bishop from Aliens 2. Like, I don't know, someone like blew him apart. And I was like, oh, crap. That guy was a robot. But I don't know. Maybe the um, the TV guys like sort of elbowed uh, Jim Lee and Brandon Choi out of the, out of the way. And they were just like... No, no, we're going to tell the story, you know, old school Hanna-Barbera style and and just like <laughs> just have a one and done where they, you know, manhandle their main bad guy and make him look weak. And then that'll be that. Um, but uh, very, very weird, man, because you would think like they were trying to capitalize on the popularity of the X-Men cartoon. And mm-hmm. you would think that they would like want to more closely mimic that because like on that cartoon like there were villains that seemed came off like serious threats like mr sinister i remember oh, was like yeah nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah and here nah <laughs> yeah and that's a shame because i mean i always thought hellspont uh looked awesome but uh but yeah. we'll talk more about that in a bit uh anything else about uh wildcats before we move on to ultra force nah i'm i'm, I'm good <laughs> I'm done. That's it. I'm leaving the world of streaming podcasts. <laughs> uh, okay. Up next, we have um, Ultra Force by Malibu Comics, which I'm sure many of you have never heard of. Um, let me find my notes here. Um, well, while I look, I'll just ask you, because I know your answer is pretty short. What is your experience with the Ultra Force and or Malibu Comics? Um, I mean, I read like a f- I-, I would occasionally like pick up an issue of Malibu mm-hmm. comics of something, mm-hmm. um, so especially when they were had the Star Trek uh comics. Uh, but, um, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding, we gotta have like a sound effect whenever you right? mention Star Trek, it, dude. Th- there's been several other uh references I almost made, but I do it. I, why I, not? Just do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, re- I remember. Like seeing Ultra Force like advertised like in Wizard and talked mm-hmm. about, but I, I never read it. Mm-hmm. And man, if it's anything like this cartoon, <laughs> yeah, glad I did. It's not the best representation. And I'll just go ahead and tell you my history, and that is, I loved the Ultraverse and Malibu Comics. I was at before the Ultraverse was built or created. Like, they had sort of a few titles scattered around, uh, The Protectors and Dinosaurs for Hire and uh, X-Mutants. I didn't really read X-Mutants, but uh, I love those. Uh, I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that, like, you know, with uh, Marvel and DC, you know, there's so much uh, continuity. And even, like, by the time I started reading... um, in the 90s when Image came out, a lot of those books, a lot of the number ones were considered rare and expensive and yeah. were kind of a bit kind of a bit of money for a young lad like myself who had to mow lawns to support his comic book habit. Uh, so, you know, you couldn't start with issue one. So along comes the Ultraverse where number ones were uh, plentiful and like that was like their... Um, their marketing uh, campaign was jump on now. 
And there's actually a, a hilarious commercial that they used to run, I guess, on TV. But uh, we're going to have a whole episode. Really? Uh, yeah, de- um, demoted. <laughs> Devoted, <laughs> devoted to the Ultraverse at some point. But here um, we are talking about Ultra Force Episode 1. And I'm pretty sure I caught the premiere of this and was very excited for it at the time. And you can watch it on Tubi. Um, much like uh, much like Wildcats. And so it's called... The name of the episode is Primetime. And uh, the original writers of the Ultra Force comic were uh, Gerard Jones. Um, he was the writer, and George Perez was the artist. They did the um, numbers one through twelve. Uh, the ep- the show debuted October twenty second, nineteen ninety five. One year after Wildcats, and two years after X Men. So they were a little late getting started. And it premiered on the USA Network. And this particular episode was written by Martha. Moron or Moran, probably. <laughs> um, production companies were uh, Deke Entertainment. They're famously known for ruining mm-hmm. uh, G.I. Joe um, and uh, <laughs> Malibu Comics Entertainment, which, as we just said, is the name of the comic book company who created the Ultraverse. Um, episode plot is when a dinosaur like robotic creature known as Enemy starts attacking U.S. Army bases and stealing missiles. A group of heroes, including Hardcase, Prime, and Prototype, team up to stop it. And uh, some of the uh, cast, voice cast, includes, and I'll also talk about the characters as well, is uh, first uh, Pix. She's basically the Jubilee, except for she does computers. Um, and that was she was voiced by Allison Court. Um, there's a member who doesn't even appear in this episode named uh, Topez. Who is basically like a zealot, basically. But we don't even need to talk about her because she's not in the episode. Contrary is like Professor X if she were if he were an attractive blonde woman. Um, and she's <laughs> the one who brings the Ultra Force together. Uh, prototype is uh, <laughs> influenced by Iron Man. He's basically a dude in a suit. And he was voiced by uh, Reno Romano. Um, Prime is... Uh, if you're not familiar with Prime, he is basically a sci-fi version of Shazam. Um, he's a little boy who was experimented on uh, when he was still, you know, in, in his mother. And he just uh, creates this, like, weird biomass around him that turns into, like, a little boy's idea of what a superhero should look like. So that's why he looks, like, roided out. Like, gas to the gills, as they call him. Yeah, definitely and, uh, gas to the gills. Yeah. And he was uh, voiced by uh, President Andrew Jackson. Uh, he came back from the grave just to voice Prime. <laughs> um, Ghoul, um, who he looks like the, the Crypt Keeper, basically. And he can talk to the dead. And they don't really show it in, um, in, <laughs> in this episode. But he can also swallow people's souls. Isn't that like fun, kid-friendly stuff? Yeah. And he smells, apparently. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Well, he is a rotting corpse. And uh, last but not least is a hard case um, who is almost like a, a Wonder Man in the way that he is an actor or he's a movie star and a, well, here they're not called superheroes, they're called ultras, but he's different from Wonder Man in the way that he was on a super team first before he became an actor. And as it shows in the beginning of this episode, his uh, team is uh, basically killed, killed off by enemy 
uh, this monster-looking thing. And he's voiced by, he, he's got a double header here, our porn star friend, Rod Wilson. Oh, yeah, he's Rod, back again. making the rounds. Yeah. <laughs> He's double penetrating the animation world. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's see. Oh, yell! What? Uh, <laughs> it's, I'm sorry you couldn't get through the whole episode, but that's not your fault. It's Amazon I, I, Prime's fault. Ah, stay your <laughs> tongue, mortal. <laughs> what was your thoughts on the Ultra Force? I uh, choose your words every, carefully. Everything, every everything felt. You know, a lot like Wildcats, mm -hmm. like, man, they have, like, all the pieces for, like, a great show. Mm -hmm. But it felt rushed. Like, everything felt rushed. In fact, I actually started thinking that I was, like, watching, like, the wrong episode because episode one started off with a previously on Ultra Force. What? Are you are you sure you I, watched I, the right one? Yeah. I don't remember I, that. Like I looked and it was uh, the first episode. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up here. What happened but, in the um, first scene? I, I I don't even remember because they were showing what happened last time. <laughs> and I was like really confused. But in this episode, it's the one where like the nuclear warheads are like launched and like one's going to Alaska. You watched um, part two. So I watched part two of it. That was the first episode. On listed as the first episode on Amazon Prime. Wow. Well, okay. So, so in the first, some so, was up. So maybe that actually might explain some of the things I didn't like about it, oh, which no. was everything felt. It felt like I was like in the middle of something, which mm. can actually work sometimes sure. if you like, Absolutely. you know, write it for that, which they didn't. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was like, what the hell is going on here? Mm -hmm. um, but even so, I don't know. I just felt like everything was like a little on the nose, like especially with Prime. I get that he's supposed to be annoying. I get that he's supposed to be an obnoxious kid or whatever, but it was like a bit ridiculous and like very inconsistent. Like one second they'd be like, we need him. The next one, like, ah, forget him. <laughs> then the next scene, they're like, eh, you know what? We do need him for this other threat. Right. Well, unfortunately, I didn't watch the second episode. Um, but um, but yeah, in the in the first episode, uh, well, like, well, we didn't even get to like. Did you, I mean, did you even know that this show even existed before I asked you to watch it? I think I had heard of it before, yes. Because, mm -hmm. I, I mean, and I've read, like, I think I've read an issue or two of Prime mm -hmm. a long time ago. Like, I'm talking like 2005 or something. Like, mm -hmm. I got like a bunch of scans of Ultra Force. Mm -hmm. I think, I think maybe you recommended yeah, I start reading probably <laughs> and I think I tried it out and I wasn't uh -huh. crazy about it but uh you know what's funny is when I started watching it before like my memory was jogged I thought Prime was like supreme <laughs> <laughs> from Image Comics oh, great <laughs> I, quickly I was like oh wait no 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 this is Malibu Comics right but, right um so maybe you should give your thoughts on on it yeah yeah well um see I think okay they did a lot of things right, I would say, story-wise. Um, the animation is pretty bad at times. Yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it was even below, you know, Wildcats, which here we are, you know, two years from the premiere of X-Men. You know, you would think they would want to do it right, uh, if not better. Um, so, you know, you could try to attract the X-Men audience, um, but I, who knows what uh what was going on with their budget um like another thing with uh ultra force is that 
they are basically the Avengers of the Ultraverse. Like all of these characters like have their own um, comic and uh, origin as well. And in the very first episode, they actually uh, they do a good job, you know, again, with the uh, characterization like X-Men did. Like they show Prime dealing with his parents. Um, they show Prototype dealing with the corporation who owns the, um, the Prototype uh, outfit. Um, and it actually opens with um, Hardcase. He's having a, uh, a nightmare about when his original team uh, was destroyed by, uh, by Enemy, who was definitely not inspired by uh, the uh, Xenomorph alien. Um, <laughs> did, they, did you get to see him in the second episode? I think he was on the previously. Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, you saw okay. that. Um, so, they at least have that right. And there's uh, there's a lot less uh, soliloquy than there was in, in Wildcats. Yeah. Um, like, it's one of those things where I, like, I think that the writing was decent, but I don't know why the animation was so bad. And, yeah, the um, the characters, like, Prime is so much better in the comic than he is here. Um, it's a... Uh, hmm. Let me see. <laughs> Let me refer to my notes here. Um, it is... Uh, oh, yeah. The, the theme song. <laughs> That's something else. Oh, and another thing I like Ugh. about what they... Uh, before every episode of um, Ultra Force... It would say who the TV writer is and um, who the comic book writer was. So it says like oh, inspired. Yeah, they were really creative um, focused at Malibu Comics. Um, too bad they didn't last. Um, but uh, more on that later. Uh, let's see here. They show Prime or Little Boy. Yep, yeah, already talked about that. Talked about Contrary. Um, yeah, the voice acting I didn't think was very good for a lot of the characters. Mm -hmm. Like. Um, for some reason, Prototype has like a New York accent. Um, they they obviously spent all their money on blew it all on Rod, uh, <laughs> Rod Wilson, <laughs> Rod Wilson. You're gonna thank say you. Rod Serling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they dug up his corpse and had him write Ultra Force. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, I just have a um, um, sort of a rundown here of the episode, um, which. That's not really opinion, um, but uh, but I thought the um, the main villain was uh, pretty generic, like uh, mm -hmm. underground dwelling mole people. Like you know, that's what the Fantastic Four were fighting like back in the sixties. Uh, but I, so that's not from the comics. No, it is. This is very oh. this is very similar to Ultra Force number one um, in every aspect, including killing off a child in the second episode, which I don't think you got to. Uh, because, no, uh, I wish I wouldn't have cut off. <laughs> <laughs> because much like in the uh, with Morph, um, Pix sacrifices herself to save the team or the world, something like that. And I'm just like, dang, like you killed off a child, man. This is that's why I was on USA on the same cable <laughs> network that brought you silk stockings. <laughs> why couldn't they get Chris Potter in? I guess he still had his uh, X Men yeah, contract yeah. going on. Um, Too busy having near near soft core porn levels of uh, love sex <laughs> on silk stockings. Yeah, speaking of like soft core porn, oh man. The way a lot of these ladies uh, dressed in both Wildcats and uh, this episode, or and Ultra Force, like you're not going to be, yeah, you're not going to be seeing that again anytime soon. Um, oh man, remember like in the '90s they had those like 
awful swimsuit issue comics. Yes, I to... do. All too well. <laughs> like dude even even as like a young teenager Mm -hmm. uh with a mustache and raging hormones i was like yeah this is uh it's pretty weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes it was an interesting time uh for sure um but um man i don't really know what else there is to say about uh ultra force except for i would say that it's a it's a collection of interesting characters that you should probably go read their comics their solo comics and and not watch this show um because (laughs) another glowing uh review but i mean i would say i i did enjoy watching it though i mean there are things about it that i think slightly elevated above wildcats at least writing wise but then there's the um, the animation that isn't so great. Um, so would you say that this is maybe this is a recommendation for somebody who's already read the comics and is already coming from that there? You, they would enjoy this more than somebody coming in, you know, sight unseen or sight unread, I guess, when it comes to the comics. Right. Yeah. If you yeah, if you're watching this, it's because you're probably a hardcore Ultraverse fan. Um, I mean, even. The fans in the Ultraverse uh, Facebook group, which if you're listening, thank you. Uh, even they admit that it's uh, it's not the best. And um, I mean, and here I am. I mean, I'm a, a self-proclaimed Ultraverse fanboy, and I'll admit that uh, it's not the best. It does get better though. Yeah. If you uh, if you stick with it, other you're gonna, you're gonna get kicked out of the uh, Ultraverse Facebook no, group. No, <laughs> there's people in there who are way more critical than I am. Uh, there are other um, episodes where other Ultraverse characters show up, like uh, the Nightman. I don't know if you remember him. Um, and no, it's not the Nightman from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, he existed prior. And there's actually a Nightman show. Uh, we can talk about that another time. Um, and uh, the animation gets better. Uh, like, I don't, it would be rough. It's it would be a hard sell for someone who wasn't into the comics to make it past this pilot, unfortunately. Mm. Um, yeah, so if you want to get into the Ultraverse, just start with the comics because they're plentiful and you can usually find them in any like 50 cent to dollar bin everywhere. And that's not a knock. That's just how it was because in the 90s, people printed the crap out of everything. Yeah. Um, but prices are going up for some things. I have here a box of Ultraverse cards unopened. And uh, I had to, this was 30 bucks. <laughs> and um, some guy tried to sell me one for 90 bucks. Uh, I also, uh, yeah, I also actually have the Ultraverse action figures, uh, not handy to show, but uh, I'd say the figures were probably better than the show. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like, so yeah, start with the comics, get into it, and then watch this last. That's what I'd say. Okay. All right. All right. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, no, no. I think you were about to uh, go on to the uh, section where we discuss what we thought the best song, best writing, etc. Right, right. Yes. Now for the moment that you've all been waiting for. You know what? We're going to go back to the main screen. Uh, there we go. To where the chat was because there was no chat <laughs> in, the, uh, in the theater. I don't, I don't think anybody's. Oh, that's <laughs> too bad. That's their loss. Um, yes. And, uh, okay, so we didn't talk about for Wildcats who your favorite character was and who your least favorite character was. 
<laughs> I least favorite character, uh, Reno Bryce mm. slash Warblade. Uh, That's just, just a douchebag name. Yeah, <laughs> all his lines lame mm-hmm. as fuck. Uh, if he wasn't there, it would have been Grifter. Uh, but because uh, he's also pretty annoying. Uh, but uh, I, 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 he to me he came off like a cheap, like they were trying to re, like they were trying to make him gambit. You know, I mean, um, I would say he's definitely derivative. I mean, it's that archetype of uh, mysterious. Right. Yeah, yeah. But he is. But you're right. He's supposed to be like some mysterious loner type character. Mm-hmm. But he's also all about the team. Yeah. Like I don't know. Real well, weird. That's just crap writing again, uh, as we were saying earlier. Yeah, I guess if I had to pick a favorite character, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess Maul. I don't know. Like. Uh, <laughs> Really, Maul? Oh. Because, like, he says this one thing, like, at the beginning where, like, uh, Vood- he and Voodoo are, like, in an alley, and, like, a bunch of, like, uh, demonites, like, are coming towards them, mm-hmm. but they're, like, you know, in their human form, and, like, she says something like, oh, they're demonites, and, like, with her power, and Maul's like, uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, he doesn't say no shit, but he says, right. like, yeah, no kidding. And I just thought it was, it was like a funny, almost like fourth wall breaking like thing, like where it was clearly like, we want to establish her power. So we're going to do this thing. And he's like, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, like earlier when I asked you who your favorite X-Men was, I mean, do you have a favorite of all time that wasn't in that episode? Cause it looked like you were going to tell me somebody different maybe. Um, you know, I've never really had a few. I, I mean, I, I like Jean Grey a lot, actually. Oh, that's uh, odd, but okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just always like, I've always thought her character was interesting. Like, again, she, but she's another one of those where she can be so powerful that you need like a good writer. I mean, how know, many times writing. has she become the Phoenix? I mean, my goodness. Right. Um, right. All right. So your favorite character character was Maul. <laughs> And your least favorite was Warblade. Okay, yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite because the character. Well, well you got to remember, Steve. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you got to remember, Maul barely says anything, and every time somebody opens their mouth on this episode of Wildcats, it's terrible. So that makes him also like my favorite because he barely says anything. Maul says all kinds of crap, but I mean, uh, but they're just like quick one-liners. He doesn't right. sit there and have like long monologues. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Uh, it's soliloquies, you mean? Uh, soliloquies, yes. Well, my favorite always will be a Grifter. I mean, just like I said earlier, like, I mean, the Wildcats were just a bunch of really cool-looking people that really didn't have... I mean, and I'd say the premise for them is, is pretty good, but, you know, those Image comics, when they first came out, they definitely weren't about the writing. Um, and yet, right. I could see how someone would be annoyed by them uh in that show but uh but yeah grifter was always my favorite uh and still is at this point and my least favorite i think i actually did pick was maul just because all of his like catchphrases were so lame um but uh but whatever (laughs) uh spartan was real boring yeah he was well that's because i'm a robot um but uh that's the work of rod wilson (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'd like to see his other work. Oh, not really, but um, okay. <laughs> Ultra Force. Even though, man, even though uh, I, uh, you only saw like half the episode, could you like venture who your favorite character versus? Um, I mean, I didn't mind Hard Case. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he he was he was all right. Uh, I wasn't crazy about uh, I forgot his name the the rotting corpse guy. Cool. But uh, I, I I don't know. I just thought it was like kind of lame. It, it came off because I didn't read the comics. To me, it like reminded me of like some kind of like ghoulish type character that they would make to sell like kids' toys or whatever. And you get the toy and you squeeze him and like ooze comes out of him or yeah, something. He's the crypt keeper, which is why he's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> hey, um, fair enough. And, and uh, who was? Oh yeah, least favorite was Ghoul. Uh, yeah, he was my favorite in the show. Like uh, hard case. I mean, all of them are so much better in their respective comics, but I like Gould's because he reminded me of the Crypt Keeper and his like one-liners even further reminded me of the Crypt Keeper. Um, mm. And my least favorite was, I think, Prototype. And that mostly just yeah. has to do with the fact that I've never been a fan of like dudes in suits. It's like, oh, you're just a dude in a suit. If I had that suit, I could be just as cool as you. Um, so, So, yeah, there you go. Uh, so now I guess we'll go with, um, all right, rank, rank them in terms of writing. I mean, X-Men. Sure. X-Men's one. Who's your number two? I mean, based on what I saw today, Wildcats. All right. All right. Uh, But I mean, just barely. Sure. Sure. Like, I mean, I, X-Men is obviously number one. I actually put Ultra Force as uh, number two, and then Wildcats number three. Okay, so that leads us to the the themes. Oh, man. Uh, so I obviously... Can, yeah, go ahead. You first. Can we talk about the themes before we give yeah, our Yeah, let's though? do it. Let's do it. So everybody knows the X-Men theme. I don't think we really need to discuss that one. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Everybody knows mm-hmm. it. The Wildcats, that's all I really want to talk about. <laughs> it is so ostentatious. It's, <laughs> like, it's so, like, it goes around again. It's, like, so bad that it's almost good. Yeah, like, I don't even know what genre I would say it's in, but uh, the, the rapping in, like, oh, the middle of so it. so bad. Like, I mean, they just tried to throw everything in there that they thought kids yeah. would like. There's, like, guitar riffs. And they're like, well, what else do kids like? Oh, I know, rapping. Um, I mean, it's and it was like Ace of Base rapping, like just like that's what it reminded me of, like that horrible Scandinavian white guy. Like, We're heroes, <laughs> not zeros. That's like the worst. Oh man, they might as well have been saying. And you could almost hear a metronome in the background, like that he's desperately trying to keep up. My name is Grifter, and I'm here to say I love shooting things in a major way. Like it's it's so bad uh, that it's almost good. Which I mean, that's what I think. Oh, um, I mean, all right, we haven't gotten to that yet. Um, I mean, is there anything else the music, to say more about Wildcats? The the music throughout Wildcats uh, was pretty bad. It sounded like '90s royalty free. Oh sure, uh, hard uh, rock guitar songs. Like mm-hmm. whereas X Men, maybe maybe X Men uses royalty free stuff mm-hmm. too. I mean, I, I don't know, but it sounded like it was scored. Yeah, X Men. Yeah, yeah. And this was just like, oh, pick a track, throw it in. There was constant music all throughout the 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 Wildcat show. And um Ultra Force I thought like was more tasteful with their music throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. The uh however, the Ultra Force theme, I mean, you mentioned right. um uh, the term, you know, royalty free. I mean, that just sounds like <laughs> they found someone's sort of like generic commercial techno um, track and then mm-hmm. they just got a guy to go ultra force <laughs> over it over yep. and over again. 
However, I mean, for a commercial, you know, piece of like techno, I mean, crap, it's not like awful. I mean, basically yeah. the way I looked at all three themes, I'm like, what could you go to like Guitar Center and like play as a riff and someone would be like, oh, I know that song. And the only answer is X-Men. So, yeah, of course, X-Men is. But, but which one could you rap? <laughs> You could probably And no one still would know what <laughs> I think you could probably you might be able to rap over the Ultra Force uh theme. You just have to slow it down a little bit. So I guess the question is, what gets the number two spot between Wildcats and Ultra Force? Well, like you said, the Ultra Force theme, it's not bad, it's just forgettable. It's it's bland, forgettable, mm. yeah. And the yelling of Ultra Force kind of reminded me of the mind freak theme song or like they just yell the chris angel mind freak oh, theme that's song. awful it's just like mind freak oh my god i don't know I, I i would say uh number two for me would be um wildcats they a for effort yeah I mean, they too often, much effort yeah they put a lot of like a lot of 60 year old guys put a lot of thought into that song um yeah. and they were probably just like well what are the kids like these days um and so yeah uh, I'll I'll agree with that. So it goes Wild uh, X Force X Force X Men theme, <laughs> Wildcats, and then uh, just below them is uh, is Ultra Force. Um, so um, that leads me to I don't even know if I gave you this one to choose. Eh, yes, I did. It's right here. Uh, best villain. Man, I would actually go with. Um... I want to say Hellspont because I just think he's like the coolest designed villain out of the pilots. Mm -hmm. um, but he gets defeated so easily, mm. <laughs> so poorly. But, you know, I, I, I still think he's like more memorable than the Sentinels, you know? Yes, that's uh, I agree with you 100 uh, percent. Hellspont takes my number one, although yeah. enemy, which you didn't really get to experience very much. Enemy is very close, just because it's it's an obvious mix of the Xenomorphs and like Terminator. Um, but yeah, it goes Hellspawn, Enemy, and then the Sentinels because they're just they're just generic robots. I yeah. mean, which is great to have for Wolverine to like kill. I mean, the Ninja Turtles did that with the robotic Foot Clan. I mean, they they you never saw them use their uh, swords on like human beings. Yeah. In fact, I hear I mean, in the I, Snake I, Eyes I, movies they're gonna be fighting robots. <laughs> Well, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess like the real villain of like the X-Men pilot too, it's the idea of the the mutants being treated as some kind of like subhuman species. So it's not like a person per se, you know. <laughs> well, you're getting sentinels so are like, deep here. <laughs> I'm just saying, the sentinels are like, you know, the embodiment of the idea, man. But... <laughs> They're being controlled by the establishment. It's the establishment, man. The establishment. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but just looking at it at the surface level. I mean, of course, and that's another thing that sets the X-Men uh, apart from both of these teams is that, you know, there's like, you know, real, there's like a real theme there of segregation or uh, oppressing that yeah. none of that is in Wildcats. I mean, they're basically a, a, a team of, you know, who fight, 
they're a covert action team who fight aliens, and then the Ultra Force are basically the Avengers. Um, right. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, again, that's why the X the X Men are still around for these days, and uh, the other two are not, sadly. Uh, okay, so moving on. All right, which one do you think is uh, best written? I mean, I, I think I got to go with X-Men. Okay, so number two spot? I mean, I it, you know, I, I would actually say Ultra Force because I, I enjoyed the story of Wildcats more than the overall story, mm. but the dialogue is god awful in wildcats yeah wildcats so. is a good uh premise but poorly executed um yeah uh so yeah i agree with you they were my number two as well uh the ultra force uh man i, I think i bet i bet ultra force is one of those shows where it probably gets much better and tighter as it goes on mm-hmm and uh you would be correct sir um although they only lasted uh one season and uh, I forgot to mention when we were talking about Ultra Force uh, earlier, um, what happened to Malibu Comics, and that is uh, much like Wildstorm sold out to DC, uh, Malibu sold out to Marvel. And there was actually a time when they were trying to integrate the uh, Malibu superheroes into the Marvel universe. So you can, act, if you again, if you surf those dollar bins, you can find like. Uh, Ultra Force versus Avengers. Um, you can find there's a, a Silver Surfer versus Rune, Nightman versus Gambit. Um, but uh, I don't know if it was as low sales or what. Uh, but in the end, uh, Marvel was just like, yeah, we're not going to do that any longer. And I mean, and, and wasn't initially like um, Malibu the publisher for Image? Yes, yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, very good work there, you hell. Um, you get a you get a raise. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a promotion to co-host, co-host, oh. co-co-host. Um, all right, so that leads us to the um, obvious question: uh, which was the best pilot? So, since we already know the answer, also include your number two and go. Sure. X Men um, for number one and number two. The way I'm going to look at it is, if somebody said, "Okay, you have to watch either Wildcats or Ultra Force again," which one would you rather watch? And it would be Ultra Force. Oh wow! Which I, I'm actually kind of surprised uh, to hear me say that, but the dialogue is so yeah, so atrocious. Mm-hmm. And to me, even though the animation isn't quite as well done in Ultra Force, man, you can overlook sloppy or cheap animation uh much easier than you can overlook like terrible writing ah man i agree with you 100 percent. of course number one goes to x-men and uh number two uh, ultra force uh you should i mean i don't know if we'll ever get a chance to talk about it again but i encourage you to go watch the proper first episode of uh of ultra force uh and you know maybe part two finish part two uh you know just so you can go to your grave saying you watch the you know the whole the whole episode you know, I, I i may do that i'm 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 still working my way through season two of exo squad which is like 40 episodes oh, man i need to get on that so we can 
so we can talk about that. Yeah, um, dude, it's great. Yeah, um, not, and it's got some dialogue issues too, but once I'm done with that, like, that's like kind of like the the one where I'll watch like a couple a week, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, like episodes before I go to bed. So maybe once I'm done with Ultra, with Exo Force, I'll uh, I'll give Ultra Force a chance. Just, just every every show I watch from now on has to have Force. Yes, a uh, Force or a war. Squad or... Oh, wait, it's Exo Squad, not Exo Force. Yeah, yeah. Exo Force oh. was the one that Rob Liefeld tried to do. Um all the E-frames had pouches and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and no feet. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were always behind rocks. All the all the feet. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think we finally closed the book on who had the best uh, superhero pilot. But um, by all means, please uh, check out um, Ultra Force or the Ultraverse comics because I mean I think they're pretty great. And it's weird because like. There's um, a lot of the Ultraverse took place before the internet was a big thing. So there's not as much information out there uh, about them, which makes them obscure. Um, mm. So, uh, so yeah. All right. We're going to move on to our final segment. And then that will be the end of our show. What on earth have you been working on? It's time for Project Report. All right, this is basically where Yehel and I tr- talk about whatever projects we've been working on so we can encourage ourselves in a positive and friendly way. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know we, we had to do that, too. Well, you know, encourage positive ourselves. encouragement, you know. So so you lazy son of a... Now, what have you been working on? I've still been working on my freaking Super Mario Kart video mm-hmm. um, down to the last couple of pages to edit. Thankfully, the last couple of pages, uh, I won't need to do as much uh, 3D CG stuff. So hopefully it'll go by a little quicker. But uh, well, yeah, that's what I've been working on. The Internet is poised with anticipation to watch it. Well, I know I am, at least. Um, and I say that with all sincerity. Um, well, this isn't really a project. It's someone else's project. But um, I got to work one day on a uh, feature film um, because... That was my wife's day off because, you know, my normal job is me watching my son. So I got to go be a production assistant on this low budget uh, creature feature. Uh, snake eyes? <laughs> it actually is. Kevin Smith's snake eyes, About right? snakes. Yeah. No, it's called. Well, I'll tell you that it, it has to do with an alligator. I probably shouldn't say the name because I guess it's, you know, still in production or whatever. Right. But it's about an alligator that consumes a bunch of drugs. Um, and then proceeds to, you know, murder people. Um, Honestly, I don't hate it so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're looking for so bad it's good, I would say it's definitely in that category. Um, nice. But uh, it was good. Um, I mean, it was a little high stress because they're obvious, you know, the budget is a bit low um, and it's this director's uh, first film. But, um, but yeah, I mean, once it comes out... Assuming this show is still around, I will tell all of our millions of fans and subscribers about it so you can go check it out on Amazon Prime right after you're done watching Ultra Force. (laughs) That's awesome, man. I I look forward to seeing it. You always get to work on some interesting projects. Yeah, it happens occasionally. It's a lot harder to do when you become a dad, but it does happen. Um, And also, of course, I'm... uh, Still um, working on my comic book with my artist. He keeps churning in some awesome pages, but 
But man, is it a... Uh, it's a uh, slow endeavor, uh, comic book creation. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, but every time he turns in one, my heart skips a beat. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, uh, sorry to cut you off, but I, I I forgot to say what we were talking about Snake Eyes. That I had uh, I told a friend of mine who's a big GI Joe fan. I asked him like, hey does this do you think it's going to be good from what you've seen or whatever and he didn't know that it was coming out and he was so oblivious to it despite being a huge gi joe fan that he asked me if it was like i'm, I'm like hey have you seen the new the images that came out for, for snake eyes and he's like is that like a sequel to angel eyes like the jennifer lopez movie <laughs> <laughs> whoa that I'm is like bizarre two or something and here i thought my reference to nicholas cage was uh was obscure boy that guy he he out obscured me he out obscured me yeah. the host of obscurity now i can never show my yeah. face on the internet again yeah i i <laughs> anyways uh I kind of wish it was the sequel too. <laughs> it's not. It's a terrible movie too. Yeah. But have you actually seen it? I uh, went to theaters to see it. I don't know why, but I remember I left mm -hmm. uh, about twenty minutes into it. That's the only movie I ever walked out of. Wow. I walked out of the first one I ever walked out of was The Bourne Supremacy. I hated it so much. Sorry about that. Uh, no problem. We're about to wrap it up here. Uh, Yehel's agent is on the line. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I walked out of the Bourne Supremacy and never watched another Bourne movie after that. Um, but speaking of walking out, I think it is time for us to walk out on the third episode of Obscurity Now. Hell, is there anything else that the people need to know before we sign off? Uh, Kevin Smith is a fraud. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, at least no. creatively bankrupt, I'd say. Creatively, um, yeah, maybe that's more accurate. No, no, no. He's just, one of uh, those guys like Keanu Reeves that gets by on just being really nice. Yeah, yeah. How how dare he? I know. <laughs> nice. I talked about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sh if you would rather listen to the audio version of this, it exists in podcast form. And we will be here every Sunday on Twitch at 6 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Pacific. And, of course, I'm about to play a pre-recorded video that's going to tell you all that stuff. So please subscribe, and we'll see you next time on Obscurity Now. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and broadcast to Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes. And take notice of our various social media links, if that's what you're into. I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure, obscure Now. now.